love tonight. Welcome friends in the room, friends in Fort Worth, friends in Houston, AKA the pennant winners and all the friends around from Houston. I got to get that out of the way. Astros never go to the World Series. All right. Hey, tonight we're doing something different. We are wrapping up this series. Inside of the series, we've covered uh, a number of topics. What love does. Uh, ben Stewart kicked us off. We go out, what love doesn't. What uh, he must be. What she must be. The idea of what uh, God's design for sex was. What to do while you wait. And, and a lot of the questions that we get anytime we do a dating series are, hey, practically, what does it actually look like to date someone? And so tonight... It is one thing to talk about it. We are going to show you, and we are going to take you from the ask out to the altar and do this tonight. We have two volunteers who are going to be a part of this. Get excited. Hopefully you'll be this excited in about 30 minutes once it's done. But our two volunteers are going to come up right here. Uh, this is Jacob Haas and Elena Anderson. They're going to come up and model for us. They have volunteered to be a part of this. And uh, so Jacob is going to play uh, Romeo and uh, Juliet. And uh, they have been gracious enough to volunteer. Elena's actually on our staff, so she didn't have a choice. But they're going to play the role for us. And we're going to set the scene real quick and uh, show you some of what to do and some of what not to do uh, throughout the evening. But the first scene is going to be the initial ask, the asking out. And so in this scene, Jacob is going to show us what not to do. He's not going to text this girl that he's meeting for the first time. Jacob, you can come up here. You can get closer than that. It's okay. And... Uh, <laughs> He's going to show us what not to do originally. So he's seen this girl. Maybe he bumped into her at the porch. <laughs> it's porch late night behind us. Ooh, we got the scene going. They're the only ones wow. here. They're in the wow. welcome town center all by themselves, which security. But here we go. He's going to show us what to do or what not to do. So Jacob, here we go. Show us what not okay. to do. Hey, random porch girl. You want to go on a date? Okay. Let me pause you right there. Hey, <laughs> we actually have to give this example because for whatever reason, there could be some gentlemen in this room who think we may be still at sixth grade at the mall. Don't go up to a random girl and just say, hey, I don't even know your name, but can you give me your number? Uh, that's not the way to meet. But there is a way to meet where maybe you've been around uh, you know, a social circle and you've got to see and observe this girl from afar and you uh, have expressed or taken an interest and maybe you've been serving alongside of one another at the porch. And, and so Jacob's going to show us maybe in that context what it would look like to make the initial ask out. He's going to use his words. He's not going to text. He's going to go up and show what that looks like. Jacob, take it away. Hi, Elena. I really enjoyed serving with you at the porch. Would you like to get dinner next Tuesday? <laughs> hey, they, they are, he's not read these lines too, so that's why he's reading them. He's being handed these cards. Hey, and Elena will have an option to respond with either a yes or a no. Both could be uh, uh, valid options depending on the season of life. But Elena, what do we say to Romeo's inquiry? I would say, sure, that sounds fun. Man, I love it. Just like that. <laughs> the magic happens. So he's clear. He leads out by asking and initiating. Men, ask, initiate. Uh, a lot of the questions that we get is, is it okay for a girl to ask out a guy? Maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, here, here's, what, here's what biblically, God created the world, we're told, and there was certain order and design that he put into it. One of the ways that he ordered the world is that when it came to the creation of man and woman, he set up a design for men to lead and to initiate to be the servant leaders. And part of the ways that they serve and they initiate is by being the ones who ask out. Is it uh, wrong for a girl? I don't know, but here's what I do think it does, is it breeds passivity if the girl from moment one, it breeds passivity in the man 
if she's the one driving and leading the relationship. So it just may not be wise, uh, though, I don't know, maybe it's okay. Dating went around when the Bible's written, but we don't think it's wise or God's best. So here we go. Jacob leads, he initiates, is in line with Ephesians 5, and the date is begun. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Fast forward seven days. Here we are. They're at the date. You guys can head back to the date. Seven days go by. We're at a romantic dinner. Maybe, maybe not quite as romantic, Billy. Mexican. I love it. All right. Here we are. We're sitting down, enjoying some chips and a candle that won't light. And here's what we're going to show here. Oftentimes, man, this is this. You got to listen to me here. This happens more often. What I'm about to explain happens more often than you would think where guys will be overly intense and attempt to be intentional, especially man, some of the porchmen. I love you, but we can be the worst at it where it will be like, Hey, I'm going to regurgitate a lot of what I heard at the porch and just kind of go into Christianese is the only thing that I speak at this moment. And so the idea is to be intentional, but not overly intense. So Jacob's going to show us a little bit. What do I mean by overly intense? Jacob, take it away. You just read the card. Elena, I just really want you to know that really just one thing, I'm here to get married. And truly, I think that you are the one, the one that I'm looking for. I know there's no the one, whatever that is, and that I could marry, that I could make marriage work with any one of the millions of godly single women around. But out of that group, I think you could be the one person that God has for me to spend my life with on earth. Because we all know people aren't married in heaven. And we're on the same page on that, right? Also, <laughs> and just out of curiosity, how many children do you want to have? <laughs> okay, this is not okay on date one or date 50. This is not the way that you want to initiate the conversation. It's overly intense. Don't go into uh, how many children you want to have or anything of that sort. Just making conversational. It's relaxed conversation. Hey, where are you from? How many siblings do you have? Uh, what are their ages? Where do you work? What's your favorite part of your job? You don't have to do an interview. And uh, it's not just bombarding and not letting them talk. But it's just making relaxed conversation. Not being intense, but being intentional. The Bible says Christians, uh, in Colossians chapter 4, verse 6, are to be those whose speech it's full of grace seasoned with salt. Salt being like, man, it's appealing. It's appetizing. I want to hear more of that. And so one of the ways that you can do this in a dating context is by not being overly intense, but being intentional. So here they are. The date went well. Things wrapped up. They had good conversation. And it's over. So they head home. They head back to their respective apartments or wherever they live in this made-up world. And they... Uh, they head there, and Jacob decides, man, I would really like to take this girl on a second date. So he heads back to his room. He's sitting there. He's talking with his buddies. He decides, I'm going to do it. I'm going to call and ask. And Elena's going to show us how to respond. So here, here we are in Jacob's room with a giant beanbag and Picasso's boxes everywhere. And he's playing Xbox and he's hanging over here. He's decided, I want to ask Elena on a date. Elena's going to show us how to respond because sometimes maybe you don't want to go on a second date. Maybe you do. How do you respond in those situations? Elena's over here. She's got her pottery barn 
mattress top or whatever this is. And she's hanging out and Jacob all of a sudden calls Jacob, pick up that phone. Just hanging out in your apartment with your pastor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's for me. Hey, Elena. Hello. Hey, I just wanted to let you know that I had a great time with you and would love to take you on a second date. Do you have plans this Friday night? Okay, let me pause. <laughs> what do you do? Sometimes it's, hey, yes. But what do you do? Sometimes you don't want to go on a second date. Uh, you, it was fun. It was, it was whatever it was. But you're not really interested in moving forward and you don't want to have a second date. Elena's going to show us what you don't do. Okay. Jacob, can you hit repeat? Call one more time. Phone got dropped. Or the signal dropped. Hello. Hey, Elena. Hi. Hey. Hey, I was just calling. I just wanted to let you know that I really had a great time with you last week, and I'd love to take you on a second date. Do you have plans this Friday night? I actually do. Well, what about Saturday night or maybe even next Friday night? I actually have plans for the next five years. Be called to be a nun, so my self-service is kind of staticky. Gotta go by. <laughs> no, that is not what you do if you want, want to go on a second date. You tell the truth. You don't blame it on God. You don't blame it on your community group. You say the truth. Hey, I'm not interested at this time in going on a second date. We're Christians. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 says, Christians don't lie. They speak the truth to one another in love. If you're not interested in going on a second date, you say that. But let's say uh, they were uh, to go on a second date. Maybe she was interested and she said yes. She didn't say no at that time. And so they go on a second date. Things are going well. Maybe they went to the fair together. Nope, they didn't go to the fair. (laughs) Here they are. Just at the ice cream shop with no feet. And uh, and they're having a great time. And all of a sudden, they're a few dates in, and they've entered into the relationship zone. And by the relationship zone, I mean this kind of, hey, where's this going? You know, where the friends are starting to go, what's up with you guys? And they've all of a sudden gotten to this place where Jacob, as the male, needs to remove confusion and do what has been called historically a DTR, a defining of the relationship. So they're going to have this moment where Jacob leads out, and he removes confusion as the guy is uh, supposed to do and give clarity on his intentions or where he sees it going or or maybe where he doesn't see it going. And so, you know, oftentimes this will happen at night in a car. You get done with the date or you get done hanging out at the ice cream shop. And Jacob's gonna show us what to do and what this looks like. So here we are, we're hanging out in the car. Just, he opens the car door. That's just free. Just in the car with your pastor again. (laughs) All right, Jacob. So what does it look like to remove any confusion? Is that, is that music? (laughs) Can we turn the radio down here and some air in the back? It's a little hot. And Jacob, let's remove a little confusion 
on what it looks like and help define this relationship. So Elena, I would love to continue this relationship and continue to take you on dates and pursue you as my girlfriend. <laughs> I'm not sure we read the line. <laughs> I would like that, Jacob. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, I guess that's a W. Uh, <laughs> That was, was, was good. It felt a little stiff and a little... If guys, I wouldn't write that down in the room. You may want to have some emotion attached to that idea of asking a girl to be your girlfriend in the future. But you want to do everything that you can to remove confusion. If there's any mystery, if they're wondering, it is a failure on us as guys, as we're leading. So whatever we can do to just telegraph, hey, this is where I am. This is where I see us going. I'm not saying we're getting married. I just want to continue to uh, make this relationship deepen and exclusively pursue you. Are you okay with that? And so do that in your own words, but bring as much clarity as you can. Here's why I think this is so crucial, because we grew up, I grew up just like you in a culture that says, hey, you want to leave a little mystery, you know, you don't want to just put it all out there. You want to leave them wondering a little bit. You want to, you know, if they text, don't respond too fast. You don't want to be seen as that person. Leave a little mystery. And the Bible says that as followers of Christ, particularly as men leading, we are not to leave a little mystery, that leaders remove confusion. That uh, the reason we leave mystery is because we're kind of afraid of rejection. We're playing the game and, uh, and it's, it's not loving. It's not serving and it's not loving and it's honestly selfish and it's self-seeking. And so uh, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 13 that, hey, love by definition is not self-seeking or self-preserving. And so you cannot be self-preserving and be loving. And so as men, it's incumbent on us to define the relationship, define where it's going, and bring as much clarity to it as we can. And set expectations. Communicate early and often. Okay, so here we are. They've become boyfriend and girlfriend. They are in like, if you will. And uh, they find themselves, uh, you know, a few months in maybe, and uh, where oftentimes people can find themselves. Maybe one of them thinks, man, I, I think we should break up. And so what do you do? Do you just go submarining, which is the term that I heard this week, where you just disappear and then all of a sudden resurface at some time? Do you just uh, totally, yeah, it's pretty genius, actually. Uh, do, you, uh, do you text them and say, it's over, sorry, emoji, and uh, what do you do? And so Elena's going to show us what to do which is in person. She's going to go to them. Elena has processed with her community. She's prayed through it. She just doesn't see the relationship going forward. She thinks Jacob's a great guy. But in this scenario, she thinks, man, I don't think this is right. So Elena, show us what this would look like. Jacob, we're going to need you over there. (laughs) Jacob, I am thankful for the way that you have led me these past few months but I've been praying and processing with community and I can't continue in this relationship. Thank you for leading me in a godly way. Okay, that felt a little more chipper. uh, (laughs) Maybe you wanna be in the breakup. (laughs) But but let's pretend that her heart was in that and she was kindly and gently trying to communicate this. So Jacob, I apologize for all the heartbreak and you were a little too happy in that moment. But you want to communicate that you're honest. You don't blame it on God. You don't say it's not you, it's me. You don't uh, just uh, make something up. You just tell the truth. You express what's true. Hey, I don't see this going forward at this time. That doesn't mean the relationship is over forever and ever and ever. Um, but you can just be honest and say, hey, I don't see, I don't think it makes sense for us to continue 
dating and moving forward at this time. You do it in person. You're considerate of the other person involved. You seek to leave them better than you found them throughout the entire thing. Matthew 7, Jesus says the golden rule is that you treat other people as you wish they would treat you. You treat other people as you want to be treated. And he says that the entire Bible is summed up in that verse. And so even when we break up, we do so gently, caring about the other person or considerate with kindness as best we can. And we communicate the truth and speak in love. But let's say they didn't break up. So it just got really dark in here. So the relationship continues going forward. And, um, you know, it's, it's early enough to where Jacob decides, man, I want to I honor her family. I want to honor her father. I want to uh, express to them, even him, if I get a chance, hey, here's my intentions for uh, dating your daughter. And he's going to have a chance to do that. So Jacob has found himself at, he goes over, he initiates to set up a time to meet with Elena's father. So Elena exits the scene. And here, Jacob, you're at the house. Just go ahead and knock on that door or ring the doorbell, whichever one. Hey, Jacob. Good to meet you. Good to meet you, sir. I was just cleaning my gun. It's sometimes her dad is Rambo and in a white beater with a shotgun. <laughs> Excuse me while I put a shirt on. Yes, sir. Is dad's mic on? All right, let's make sure that. All right. So Michael, there they are. Because I'm saying some brilliant stuff. <laughs> I know you are. Okay. Man, get that shirt, buddy. He's addressed. Okay? It's church sir, do you mind if here. I sit get down? Church. Please, have a seat. Hey, you guys, you sit down. Why aren't you sitting already? <clears throat> what do you want? <laughs> so really, I just wanted to thank you for taking your time to meet with me. And I know you're a busy guy and, and really just wanted to tell you that, you know, I've, I just wanted to talk to you because I've really enjoyed dating your daughter, Elena. Good. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, the thing is, she's just really hot. Come again. Well, this took a turn. <laughs> Mr. Anderson. Yeah, let, let's, uh, won't we try that again? Okay. Yeah, we should try that again. Action. Mr. Anderson, thank you so much for having me over. And really, I just came and uh, wanted to thank you for raising such an amazing daughter. And I want you to know that I'm not wasting her time. And truly, my intentions are to date her with purity. And I wanted to give you my phone number in case you have any questions at all about our relationship. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate that. Absolutely. Thank you. Nicely done. Okay. So, hey, is there, is there a verse that commands this? Yes. The Bible says that you and I are to honor our father and mother. And so out of that principle, what you're doing in this scenario is honoring her father and your mother. Uh, you may be going, wait a second, but the Bible doesn't say you have to go ask her father in order to date her. In biblical times, uh, you wouldn't need to command that because it was a law. You had to speak to the father in order to uh, become the main male figure or guy in her life. And so all this is doing is you are establishing early on and modeling uh, what it looks like to lead really well. What if her father's not a believer? Is it still relevant to do this? Yes. It is showcasing how your faith informs the way that you date, live, everything. So you're showing how Jesus impacts all of that. And you're being honestly a light 
to even that father. So Jacob did a great job of this. The relationship continues. They go through merge, Watermark's premarital ministry. <laughs> Things continue to just develop. They are very much in like at this point. And he decides, man, I want to move towards marriage. My community uh, is celebrating this relationship. Other people in our life look at this thing and they're like, man, that's a good thing. And so everywhere that I look, it seems like green light, green light. And I want to move towards this woman being not just someone I'm dating, but someone I want to spend the rest of my life with. So he decides I'm going to ask for her hand in marriage. Fast forward six months. Here we are. They're at the golf range playing golf with possible father-in-law. So Jacob, how's the relationship going? Well, Mr. Anderson, things are going well, and I've really enjoyed spending time with your daughter. Good. <laughs> and, and really, the reason I initiated golf with you today was uh, I had a question for you. Uh, and so, Mr. Anderson, that question was, I'd like to ask your permission and blessing to ask Elena to become my wife. That's interesting. Yeah. I need to switch clubs. <laughs> I'm just kidding, buddy. Hey, welcome to the family. Oh, man. What a father-in-law. All right, so they get engaged, or they're about to get engaged. And he's decided, man, I'm going to propose. So he buys a ring, plans it all out. He uh, plans something that he believes that his girlfriend, hopefully fiance, would like. That's just free. Men, you're going to want to make sure if she's not a jumbotron kind of girl, you don't do the jumbotron. And so he plans it all out. He thinks through it. Probably he's going to contact her friends and family maybe to be a part of it. Uh, head to some place that's sentimental to both of them. And, uh, and he's going to ask her to be his wife. So here we are all alone on this stage. <laughs> Anytime, guys. And... Uh, Apparently things, there's trouble in paradise that I didn't realize. <laughs> and he's going to ask her to be his wife. Jacob? <laughs> Are you pacing? Elena? <laughs> okay, all right. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just spray on cologne back there? Just a little bit. <laughs> One spray, one spray. We'll run it back. <laughs> Elena, but really, I just... <laughs> Guys, we keep moving over here. We got to come back. <laughs> Elena. I just cannot imagine life without you. And okay, have you seen any romantic movies? Get on a knee. <laughs> Hashtag drop the knee. <laughs> Elena, I just cannot imagine life without you. And I want to serve you for the rest of my life. Will you marry me? Wait, okay. Now you're supposed to do the girl thing. You know, the... Yes, I would love to marry you. <laughs> okay, it's just a skit. Yeah, okay. I apologize. They're married. They've been married. 
for six months. It's legal to kiss on stage. Hey, give it up for our volunteers who took us from the ask out to the altar. JP is going to come back up, Father JP, and shut us down tonight. Actually, he's cleaning the gun. So, oh, there you are. <laughs> How are we doing, guys? Hey, is that fun or what? We learn anything? Hey, here's the deal. The reason we do that is as, J, uh, as JP, as David, <laughs> David is his name. As David said up front, uh, you know, we, the, the number one thing that we get asked is, hey, can you make it practical? Like, show us what it looks like. And can, you, can, you, can you explain it to us in, in images? And I love that because that's what Jesus would do. You think about the Sermon on the Mount, right? He would say, look at the birds. The birds are flying by. And he would teach through imagery so much so I think more than you would ever imagine. This idea of marriage and relationships, it's all about him. And I want you to hang in there with me for a moment, okay? I want you to, to think about this. I want you to travel back with me to about 300 BC. So about 300 years before Christ. Um, let me kind of explain some traditions to you. There'd be a young Jewish boy, a, a Hebrew child. He would grow up in his father's home until he hit the adult age and it was time to go look for a wife. What he would do is he would leave his father's house and he would go to a foreign land looking for a partner to spend the rest of his life with. And he would begin to ask people, to find out who had a reputable uh, reputation, who um, was, was, was someone that would make an incredible helper to him. And when he would find her, then his father would come and pay what was called a dowry. It literally was like a, a down payment, with, if you will. It was a, a ton of money to, to step into an illegal, illegal agreement. Not illegal, but a legal agreement. So not just an engagement, but a legal binding agreement with her. And then what would happen is the two would make a toast. And the reason I tell you this is because this is where our traditions come from today. The reason you do a wedding toast dates back to biblical ideas and Jewish traditions. And so they would drink from the same cup. And at that time, those two were bound together, but they were not married. And so what he would do then is he would go back to his land. He would go back to his father's home. And because that was his home and inheritance was everything at that time, he would begin to build a, a room for them on his father's house. And so he would, you know, spend the next year or so building a room for them. Where was she? She was back in her land making preparations. She was gathering a group of women. Listen, you know where we get the tradition bridesmaids? It comes from this. She would gather a group of women. And at that time, it wasn't just to like, you know, stand up there with you. You would actually do something. You would begin to make her dress you would begin to help her prepare for, for a lifetime of marriage. And then when that Hebrew child was done making that room, that girl would have no idea the time or the hour. All right. And he would leave his father's house now with the room prepared for them. And he would go back and he would send some men ahead of them. You want to know where we get the tradition groomsmen? These guys would travel ahead of him as he goes back for his bride to take her home, to be his wife. And they would say, he's coming. 
Your groom is coming for you. And sometimes they would blast trumpets and the sound would travel ahead of them from town to town. It would move ahead of them. Oh, a groom is coming. Hey, pass it on to the next town. A groom is coming for his wife. This is her name. Go and tell her. And then when her bridesmaids would catch word, they would say, he's coming, he's coming for you. And they would get all excited and do that thing, you know, they do. And, and then she would get ready. She would put on that dress and she would prepare herself for her groom to be, to come and take her. And he would. And he'd take her home. But what was waiting for them there was a party, a celebration. And they would go, and this is where it gets, you know, PG-13. They would go into the bridal chamber or that room that he prepared. And they would be in there for seven days. Seven days, sealing the marriage. And, and she was veiled. No one had seen her yet. And there's a party outside. Now, Consider how awkward that is. Uh, everybody's just partying outside for seven days. Guys, this is where we get a seven-day honeymoon. These traditions are entrenched. Deep, deep, deep traditions. Where do you think they come from? And then she would come out, and he would present her to his family for the very first time. This is my bride. Now, consider what Jesus says. He's talking uh, to Thomas. Even before that, consider what it says in the scriptures that, that he's gonna come uh, the, the hour, uh, the date, the time that, that is not um, aware. We're not, we don't know. With a trumpet blast, he's gonna show up. But, but if you consider what he says to Thomas, he says, hey, we don't know the way. Thomas says, Jesus, we don't know the way. He says, you do know the way. It's John 14. He says, you do know the way I've told you if it were not so. See, my father's house has many rooms. I go to prepare a place for you. I go there to prepare a place for you. And then we see the time and the hour uh, is, is not known to us that he's going to come back for us. Don't you see this life and this world and your existence and the fact that your heart beats in your chest and you have breath in your lungs is about so much more than an earthly relationship. I did a wedding two weeks ago and that, um, that groom was up there. And I watch them, right? Before those doors open in the back, the groomsmen have, have come down and he's there and I'm standing there and the whole place is filled with hope. You know, the, the, the mother is about to stand to her feet and the whole place is filled with hope. And I'm watching him because his eyes are glued on that back door and it's about to swing open and he doesn't know when. And he's about to see his bride for the first time on that day. And she's been preparing herself. And, and it always, when the doors swing open, man, I, I watch them. They can't hold it together, no matter how big and how strong and, you know, how macho. And even if they hadn't cried in 10 years, it's just like, that lip starts to quiver. <laughs> starts to do that thing. I watch them. And she walks down the aisle and she just ear to ear. And that's our job. And that's what you're doing right now. You didn't even know it. Right now, you're waiting for the sky to crack open and roll back like a scroll. And your bridegroom, he's coming on a white horse. And he's returning for you. And he's going to take you home to his father's house. 
He's going to take you home to his father's house. And not just that, but he's going to present you pure and holy, like a spotless virgin, clean. And you think, but I'm not clean. That's what he does. That's his job description. He makes you clean. He takes all the stuff you've been involved in, all the thoughts you've had and the things that have happened to you and the things you've been a part of, and he cleans you up. And he presents you in his father's court, pure and holy. What a humbling thing. Pure and holy, spotless, his bride. And so all the pleasure that you think of, that you've been waiting for, or maybe you've experienced in a really cheap form through intimacy, that's a metaphor. Like God made us. That's like heaven all the time, expounded upon. It's us and the bridegroom, Jesus. And so you don't need to get married to learn more about God, but you can understand that he's given us relationships to teach us something about him. And that's why we've been talking about when we say first comes love, it's absolutely true. He loved you first. First comes love indeed. So what is our right response, yours and mine? It's to worship. So that's what we're going to do now. We're going to worship. So Father, we love you and we thank you for the gift of relationships. We thank you that while we were yet sinners, you sent your son here. And we thank you that, that he didn't just stay here, but he went home to prepare a place for us in your house. In your courts, we will live forever. We will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, forever and ever and ever. Father, now as we sing to you, would you renew our hearts and minds around that reality that we get to be with you forever. God, thank you for laughter and thank you for simple truths and thank you for biblical ideas that you didn't leave us here just to flounder. And God, for those of us that we hear all of that and we just feel like, man, we have no one to apply it with. God, would you fill our hearts with hope, with Jesus, that we're going to be with you forever and ever and ever and ever. Would you make that enough for us today? Please, God. In the name of Christ, your son. Amen.